All right, Bears fans, we are back. I know it's been a little while. It's been a few weeks. I was out with a sickness. Jake was in Vegas. We have been able to get together, but we are here now for an hour of Bears content. We have 10 days of training camp under the belt. Who are the top performers, the surprise performers, the players we have saw take a leap in training camp? We have Andy Dalton versus Justin Fields conversation and a preseason preview of the game one against the Miami Dolphins at Soldier Field noon on Saturday. We've got what to look for in that game. Who should be a top performer? How many series Justin Fields and Andy Dalton will play? Plus much, much more all after this phenomenal opening from our guy Ernie Scatton at WGM put together this open for us imaging man over there one of the best in the business shout out to him for that but we are here now one hour of bears content for you let's go bears nation bears nation start with the past there's nothing you can do to change it so throw it out take out the trash the trash is anything that is keeping you from the only thing that matters see you in the super bowl it's Bears Nation Podcast. I don't want them to gain another yard. Picked off by Mac. You blitz all night. Mac will take it all the way in for a touchdown. It's time for the Bears Nation Podcast with your hosts, Kevin Lapka. That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over him. And Jake Hassan. What I'd really like to do is put the greatness of this man in perspective. Phenomenally good. Okay, guys, show us what you got. Welcome back, Bears fans. Another edition of Bears Nation Podcast. That sweet new open is brought to you by the one and only Ernie Scatton. Thank you to Ernie for doing that for us. Sounds awesome, and we really appreciate it, so shout out to him. We are here. It is Tuesday, August 10th. We are five days away from preseason game one. And we are here, myself and Kevin Lapka, as always, to break down what we're going to see, what we're expecting to see, and we're talking a little training camp stuff, some of the stuff that we've seen prior to uh, today and even going into today. So with that being said, Kevin, every single offensive lineman is hurt. Every single one of them. Tevin Jenkins, Jermaine Fetty, James Daniels, Elijah Wilkinson, Larry Borum, Lakavia Simmons, we cannot catch a break. Although the offensive line has looked bad, though, there are a lot of positive things to take away from training camp. Justin Fields has looked phenomenal. There's been a lot of top performers we're going to hit on later in the episode. But we have to start with the injuries because this was what Jake has been worried about all summer long. He's like, you know what? It doesn't matter uh, if you have Justin Fields, if you don't have a strong offensive line. And that's your line of thinking. So your initial worry level. On a scale of 1 to 10, as we head into preseason game 1, and we have guys out, although a lot of the injuries aren't serious, nobody looks to be in jeopardy of missing week 1 at the moment. I know that's far away, and we don't know that for sure. But give me your worry level on a scale of 1 to 10, given this offensive line. Oh, my God. Um, I mean, I think <laughs> there's no other way. It has to be at least a 9, right? I mean, because literally yeah. everyone's hurt, and we're 4 or 5 days away from preseason game 1. So the worry level's pretty damn high because right now you don't have any of your offensive linemen. You have nobody there to protect, not even Justin Fields aside, not even Andy Dalton. I, like, right. it, it's pretty damn high because it, it, this isn't like, it, it, I don't know, because every position's important and you never want guys hurt. But, I mean, this is a very, very big key. This is probably right behind the quarterback position. The offensive line is probably second uh, for how 
how much success or lack right. thereof you'll have this year. So yeah, it's pretty pretty high. Very high. Yeah, it yeah, should, I would say at least a nine. It should be very high. And especially like you look at players like Wilkinson and Jermaine Fetty, uh, you know, that's those are kind of like toss ups, right? Like those are depth players who, okay, you would like to have them there in case a guy goes down. But the obviously the one you're gonna the two you're gonna look at are Tevin Jenkins, who is it's not just the fact that Tevin Jenkins is a second rounder, it's the fact that he's dealing with a back injury. And for those who know back injuries in the history of them in the NFL, or many people who listen to this show, I'm sure many of you have had back injuries that linger and they stick around and they don't go away easily and i think that's what worries a lot of people is like okay you know maybe he comes back in a week right maybe he returns but is this something that's going to put him out every few weeks if he if he does the wrong thing he moves the wrong way now the back is lingering i mean remember khalil mack what was it was it last year or two years ago that Khalil Mack had the back injury? And um, it was lingering, and people were like, well, he's not performing to the best of his ability, and everyone blamed it on the back. And yeah, I mean, these things are true. A back injury is extremely, extremely hard to heal if you don't give it the proper rest. And when you're in a full 17-game season, it's hard to to give yourself proper rest. So that's what worries me the most, is Tevin Jenkins being out. And the crazy thing is, though, Jake, is I've seen people on Twitter and even some people close to me have been saying, is Tevin Jenkins the next Kevin White? Is, is he the next bust of all time because he's injured and he's missed the first eight practices of training camp? No. You know, let's not go there. He's not the biggest bust of all time. Let's not declare that. Um, it just, we, we do need to see him out there, though. We do need to see him out there and see what he's capable of for his development. I mean, we know what he can do based off his college tape. But like we've said multiple times on this show, this is one of the most critical periods of a rookie's career, that first year in training camp, especially when you're able to get reps against Robert Quinn, Khalil Mack, the best in the game. You need to be out there getting those reps. So hopefully he returns. I think he's close. Hopefully he'll get some practices in, some preseason games in. But I guess the question becomes, Jake, even if he does get some practices in, is he a lock to start it? I mean, I guess he has to still be a lock oh, because yeah. there's nobody well, else. Yes. But Yes, he is. <laughs> okay, good. I mean, Unfortunately, he so... So a couple of things. Is he the next Kevin White? First of all, Tevin Jenkins wasn't drafted seventh overall. So that's, that is you know, true. that alone puts him outside of the Kevin uh, Kevin White realm of labels. So is it not great because you did expect him to start? Yeah. And even, even if he does come back late in one of these last few games, he's going to start because that's the risk you ran. That was the bet you made when you cut Charles Leno and you drafted Tevin Jenkins and you moved sure. up for him. That was your big gamble, and hopefully it pays off. Hopefully he's healthy enough to at least get one preseason game in. That's the hope, but it, yeah, it, it's an, certainly a suboptimal situation. And on top of that, your other rookie offensive lineman who you thought could possibly start at right tackle, he's out now because you put him at left tackle in practice, and he got a concussion now. So it's just a whole, you know, it's just a whole clusterfuck because you can't, there's nothing you could do. It's just one after the other. The hits keep on coming, and now you're out here, you know, trying off, <laughs> trying out guys off the street at this point right. because you have no other options, and you're hoping these guys can come back, and you're hoping that at you know in the next couple weeks, and the, these guys get a couple game reps in during the preseason. But it's certainly suboptimal, especially considering your quarterback situation, both your starter and his health, and the backup, and him being the future of the organization. Right, and I think the one thing is the, the final point about the offensive line is it's all about cohesion. It doesn't matter about the talent of the players and the high-level talent you have across the line. I mean, you look at the last five games of 2020, we were talking about undrafted rookies, you know, Sam Mustafer, Alex Bars. But what, what did they have those final five games that they didn't have in the first 11? Cohesion. 
And that's why you saw the success. That's why you saw Dave Montgomery holes open up for him. You saw time for the quarterback there in those final five games. It wasn't because you had first-round talents, really talented players on the offensive. I'm not saying Sam Mustafa and Alex Barton are talented players, but the main reason you saw success across the line and, and the impact it had on the offense was because of cohesion. So that's what worries me the most about injuries on that specific position group is not just the fact that you're losing talented players like Tevin Jenkins, like James Daniels, who's really good that people kind of have forgot about, but it's the fact that you don't have a set line right now. You don't know who the five guys are going into week one. And you would love in a perfect world, you would love to have those five guys start week one, start all 17. And in that case, that would be glorious. In this in this scenario, given what we have right now, I mean, I, I, I don't I, I think it's going to change a, new, a number of times. And it's worrisome because of the evidence and the evidence we saw of last year when you have guys who are talented like James Daniels and white hair and they're, they're getting thrown around. They're moving positions. You know, one guy goes out left tackle. So this guy has to move right tackle. He has to move left, right, boom, straight. You know what I mean? Like when you start throwing guys around, that's when things start to break down as a unit because you you rely on the communication. You know the strengths of your players. Once you move one guy out of there, once you just start to get acclimated with one guy and he gets hurt, it just it, it messes with you. So hopefully these guys get healthy. But with negative news comes positive news. And the amazing positive news has been Justin Fields. I mean, let's just start there. Before we even get to Fields versus Dalton, let's just start with how phenomenal Justin Fields has looked. We haven't been able to go on any practices. We got unlucky, didn't win tickets uh, through the Bears service uh, that they did, the raffle or whatever the heck they did. But we have a lot of people close to us who are there who are giving us information. Nicholas Moriano, uh, the Chicago Audible, Adam Mahogue, been talking to us. So Justin Fields is lighting it up. I mean, he is seriously lighting it up. You guys have seen it with the videos, the sidearm throws, the incredible plays he's been able to make, and it's everything as advertised. Um, so Jake, as we talked worrisome level, let's talk excitement level. For Justin Fields, I mean, is it 100 out of 10? Is it 200 out of 10? <laughs> because it's through the roof for me right now. Yeah, it's it's definitely through the roof. I think 100 out of 10 is probably closer to, to accurate and what you're looking at. Because, <laughs> I mean, the video that we saw over the weekend, the sidearm arm throw to Riley Ridley, um, it's something that, you know, obviously everyone was excited about Justin Fields. And everyone was it was and is very hyped to see him take the field for the Bears. I mean, this preseason game, people are looking forward to more than I can remember in my lifetime for a yes. preseason game. And so yes. to see this excitement level and for him to do things like that when you haven't seen that in Chicago ever. I mean, Jay Cutler had like freakish strength and he could throw the football through a brick wall as the edge as the comparison you or the describers you always heard but Justin Fields just has the raw overall athleticism of you know obviously it's too soon you don't want to put him in Pat Mahomes category but Pat Mahomes is the only other guy that we've seen make this type of throw Matt Stafford kind of has that sidearm ability but again it's that total athleticism and it's that just raw ability that you haven't seen that we certainly have not seen over the last few years Um, and I've said this before Mitch Trubisky was an athlete but he didn't have raw athleticism. And there's yeah. two very different things that you could be an athlete, but not have that raw ability. And Justin Fields, it certainly looks like has that raw ability. And I can't wait to see it, hopefully starting on Saturday. Jake, you're a big baseball guy. I know you love baseball. For those who don't know, you, you have a blog. Now. Are you, you write for a blog right now, don't you, for baseball? I, I do <clears throat> I do write for the noted website Pitcher List. Yes, this is true. 
Yeah, so the reason why I bring up baseball is because we, we did a breakdown video of Justin Fields on our YouTube. Check that out if you haven't. But uh, the one thing that I talked about is when you make those comparisons to Patrick Mahomes and a lot of the other guys that can do the sidearm throws like that, people wonder, well, where does that come from? It comes from a baseball background. And Justin Fields played baseball all throughout high school. And I think all, I think maybe his first year at Georgia uh, he played. Um, and then he transferred to Ohio State. But the reason you see those kind of throws is he threw baseball as a shortstop, uh, as a player, he has that raw arm angle, that raw arm talent that a lot of other quarterbacks don't have because they've never thrown that way before. You, you know, as a quarterback growing up, you're not taught to do that, to, to do that arm motion because it's unconventional if it, and it's not what you're supposed to do. But if you grew up a baseball player with Justin Fields did and you're throwing at all different angles, he naturally has that arm talent because of his baseball background. And that's why you see Patrick Mahomes, a guy who is I think Patrick Mahomes was drafted to MLB, wasn't he? He was he was he was yes, a baseball player. Yes, he was. Okay, he was drafted. Yeah. You know, you see him have make those types of plays because he's been able to do it before and he's learned the perfection of that arm angle. It's not just being able to do it, but it's be able to perfect it and be accurate with it. It comes from a baseball background. So uh, thank you, Justin Fields, for playing baseball. Thank you, Justin Fields' parents, for letting him play baseball, grow up, and giving him these phenomenal arm uh, abilities. But just because you're the baseball guy, I wanted to bring that up because I I think that is a majority of where those phenomenal arm plays and that raw arm talent comes from, those angles. No, definitely. And like you said, it's just that we keep going back to that raw talent, raw athleticism. And whenever Justin Fields does see the field in a regular season NFL game, whenever that may be, that is going to be, I mean, it's going to be a point of television. I, I mean, hell, the, the Saturday's preseason game, the Bears Dolphins, it, they made it a national available game yeah, they did. on NFL Network. They did. <laughs> Shock, they're shocking. They no. Have, no, they have Justin Fields in the headline. So yeah. Like, you know, so, yeah, I, I mean, people are lining up and you know you're going to see Justin Fields and we'll get to that in a little bit. But, I mean, just to circle back to this thing on the offensive line, because you mentioned it in, in kind of our opening couple minutes here. As long as this offensive line is in flux, you're not see. I do not want to see Justin Fields anywhere near a regular playing field, certainly not with Aaron Donald uh, coming down the barrel of the gun in week one. God, dude, this is see, this is the tough situation because I, I can't disagree with you on that. Like, I, I simply can't. Like, that's worrisome, and I'm not going to deny it as much as I want Justin Fields to start week one. Do I still think he starts week one? Yes, and here's why. He is progressing phenomenally, and he is starting to blow it out of the water. You look at it's like it's like a chart, right? You had, you know, you got two lines. One line represents Andy Dalton. The other line represents Justin Fields. They're kind of going at the same pace throughout the first weeks of camp. And then Justin Fields starts to go on that up angle, starts to separate the distance between those two. I think that's where you're starting to see. They said today, we're recording this August 10th, Tuesday, Justin Fields had his best day. Matt Nagy said he had three of his best throws he's seen all throughout camp. He is getting better. And we haven't even seen him in the preseason yet. Once we start to see both these players in the preseason, you are going to notice that gap. Right now... Everyone is it, it, all the information that the listeners have right now who are listening to this show who who haven't been able to go to training camp. They're taking what we have heard from reporters and what we've heard from people who have been there. Right. OK, that's great. That's what their job is. Once you have the two, you have full game tape of the not full game tape, but enough game tape of the two in a preseason game. You will notice the gap is big enough that. They have to start in week one. I mean, honestly, I think, and there was a report yesterday that said, I think it was from Jeff Dickerson of ESPN, said Matt Nagy and the Bears are starting to get closer to not, to naming uh, Justin Fields the week one started because they simply, they, they may not have a choice, Jake. And this is what I said all throughout the summer. I said, come training camp, 
You know, you could talk about whatever you want after he got drafted in OTAs. Come training camp, when you see the two players side by side and you see Justin Fields start to do things. And another thing, too, Jake, is he is elevating players on the second team roster like a Jesse James, like a Riley Ridley. Once you start to see those things, it's it's so evident that the coaching staff will not have a choice. And I think that's what we're seeing here. So does that I know the offensive line is worrisome for you and it's worrisome for me, too. But do you are you getting to a point where that gap might just be big enough and that excitement might just be great enough that you, they have to start him? I don't think there's ever going to be as the team stands today and as things look in this moment, August 10th, 2.30 in the afternoon right now, um, I don't think there's ever going to be a situation with the team as it is now where they say, well, the excitement is too big. The buzz is too big. We can't not start this kid. You absolutely cannot start him because you know that the offensive line is in shambles and you don't know how things are going to be. And even if the offensive line does get healthy, you don't know how long it'll take them to coalesce. This, here's the thing. Like we as fans, I think sometimes get carried away with how much influence we may have in the organization or how much of the same page we are with the organization. Like, yeah, of course all of us want to see Justin Fields and yes, of course they do as well. They know Justin Fields is, is he probably your best chance to win? Yes. And because of that, they're not going to act stupidly with him. They're not going to just rush him along for the sake of appeasing the fans or for the sake of, and we said this, we talked about this when Shane Reardon was on the show a couple weeks ago, they're not going to risk 2022 and 2023 or the back half of the season, even so that Justin Fields can start week one or start week two. They are going to wait and they are going to put him in the best position to succeed because if you put Justin Fields in the best position to succeed and you wait, then the Bears are going to be in their best position to succeed. They've been saying all along, and this has gone away a little bit in the most recent weeks since camp kind of started, but they've been on this soapbox of saying Andy Dalton's the guy. He's QB1. He's the man. Like here, He's going to be our guy for the season opener. And yeah, we haven't heard that as much. I don't think we've exactly. heard those words come out of Matt Nagy's mouth recently. But that doesn't go take away the fact that even if Matt Nagy walks into Ryan Pace's office today, and says, I want to start Justin week one. Ryan Pace is, I would hope, I guess. But he's probably going to say, what are you, nuts? Have your offensive line pra- lineman practiced yet? Has your second round, has our second round pick practiced yet? Is James Daniels, our other second round pick from a couple years ago, and our one of our best offensive linemen, has he practiced yet? It's not, and then he's going to, maybe going to have to talk Nagy down a little bit. Uh, that's fine, because I am more than willing to wait a couple weeks for the guys who are literally being paid tens of millions of dollars to protect their quarterback, I'm willing to wait for those guys. I'm not willing to put his his uh, health and safety in the hands of practice squad guys. Not Sam Mustafer and Alex Bars notwithstanding, because they've obviously proved that they are NFL caliber linemen. I'm talking about guys who came into camp on the practice squad, or guys who were signed yesterday, or guys who were switching positions. I'm more than willing to wait for the guys that you know can do that. And that's not saying I'm willing to put just or willing to put Andy Dalton's life on the line. I'm not I'm not willing to I don't want Andy Dalton to die so that the offensive line can become healthy. That's not what I'm saying at all. And from all things that it looks like Andy Dalton is having as well an above average to good camp, maybe not as good as Justin Fields. Maybe some of that is bias on our part or from the people covering it, but it seems like Andy Dalton is also having a good camp and kind of, you know, letting people know like, Hey, I'm still an NFL quarterback. I can still do this. Um, So 
I'm more than willing to wait for the situation to be right. Again, especially with Aaron Donald coming down the pipe and then Miles Garrett coming down the pipe a couple weeks after that. I'm more than willing to wait for the situation to be right for Justin Fields to take the field and start leading the Bears. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I just think part of it, I, and I think what a lot of fans are thinking in their mind and the reason why they want to see Justin Fields so bad is because they're tired of mediocrity. I mean, for years now, for years, it's it's been settling for this guy and, and this guy is average. Like, they want to see their prized possession play now. And and it, it's, again, it, it comes with justification, too. Like, it's not just the excitement that drives that line of thinking. It's the fact that he looks good and the fact that he is prepared for this moment. Like, this is a player who is not necessarily needing development as much as a Mitch Trubisky was, you know, five years ago, given his college experience, given what he was in college, given, you know, the places he has been, the moments he has played. And this is somebody who is prepared, somebody who who knows the playbook well enough. It seems like everything is in place. He knows the playbook. He's handling it well. He has relationships with the receivers. He's critiquing them. He's running up to them when they don't make a play. He's throwing the deep ball well. He's, you know, making sidearm throws. His athleticism looks great. He's running around. He's hitting. He's accurate. Jesse James, Cole Komet. This, there, everywhere. It looks good. It looks great. Everything's awesome. Let's start on week one. It's just only the offensive line. So at this point, I mean, you've ruled out the fact that it's not Fields versus Dalton anymore. It's Fields versus the offensive line. I mean, that's that's really what it is. I mean, I think we all understand here. It was, I don't, and I don't think many people really thought that going into camp, it was going to be literally Fields versus Dalton. We knew, I think most people knew that come training camp, one player would look better than the other, and that player was going to be Justin Fields, and I think everybody understood that. But it was those other things, the offensive line, the you know his preparedness, you know his grasp of the playbook. Every one of those boxes has been checked, grasp of the playbook, you know his preparedness, his uh, connection with the receivers, his development. Boxes checked, check, check, check. So it's just the offensive line, and I, I wonder, is it is it big? Is that enough of an issue? Because the 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 thing is too, Jake. The thing is, too, you have a quarterback who you don't want to put any quarterback, whether they're mobile or not, under the duress of a bad offensive line. But the unique thing about Justin Fields is he is a quarterback that can transcend that with his athleticism, with his legs, and he has the playmaking ability. He gets the ball out quick. Um, That, you know, he maybe is, is more prepared to take on a bad offensive line than is maybe even Andy Dalton. You know what I mean? Like Andy Dalton is a player who's not mobile. He's a player who's a little bit older, a little bit slower, won't be throwing it around as quick. Is he smarter? Probably because he's had more years in the NFL. Sure, maybe you can say that. But I, 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 I'm I, just ready for it. I'm ready for it. And I, I, and quite frankly, like you're so worried about the offense. I'm not as worried about it. And I don't know why. I don't, I don't know why I'm not as worried about it. But, you know, you could see – Good quarterbacks, um, you know, transcend that. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think they start in week one. I, I'm still there. I'm still there. But I think if that happens, which is my prediction, one of the, like Tevin Jenkins has to pro- probably has to come back for at least. I, I would say two James Daniels. I would say James. You think Daniels that's the most important the, piece? Yes, because okay. obviously, like the left tackle is very important. And the thing <laughs> is, though, like. James Daniels is that key cog, especially like consider where Aaron Donald generally plays on the line too. Um, so if you're going to have Daniels at center or on the inside, uh, assuming, then I would say he's the most important because also he's your probably your most talented offensive lineman. Sure, right? you can declare that. Yeah, you can declare that. I would say he's probably your most talented offensive lineman. Obviously, we're hoping Tevin Jenkins can turn into a star, but we don't know that yet because we haven't seen him. So. 
I would say, I mean, it's 1A, 1B, basically. Like, I would put Daniels 1A, but Jenkins is right there, too. Obviously, you want a left tackle capable of protecting his quarterback, especially his blind side in the case that it is, in the case of Jenkins and Fields. But, I, like, here's the thing. I don't want to say I'm, like, I don't think anybody, and I know you don't believe that I'm not excited for Justin Fields. I just think given the situation and given how he's a rookie who has not played yet, there's no reason to rush him into a scenario. Like you have the luxury of no matter what you do, he's coming off the bench. No matter when you put him in, it's his first game action. So I'm of the thought of, okay, when you do that, it is going to be his first game action, no matter what preseason, notwithstanding that you give him the best opportunity possible. But I, I mean, we've beat this horse to death on the show <laughs> yeah, we have. so many times. <laughs> um, you mentioned a couple of things, though, that I want to hit on about Fields and how he's elevating players around him. I mean, Riley Ridley is Oof. the biggest one. Uh, my kind of joke prediction before training camp started was we'd hear Riley Ridley's name in a positive manner one time at least. And um, obviously he was the receiver in the Justin Fields sidearm video. And I mean, I, I mean, this is, and it seems like, and from everything that you read, Justin Fields does have some kind of a sort of connection with Riley Ridley. Here's the thing though. I mean, we're hearing his name. The thing is like, Last year, we heard his name only when it's saying Riley Ridley is out. Riley Ridley is inactive. Riley Ridley can't even get in the building to get to the practice field for some reason because nobody likes him or something. Like It's just so weird for a fourth-round pick and a guy who, you know, you kind of expected to be a contributor at this point and so far has not been that at all. Um, and we'll start with Ridley, and then we'll get to Jesse James in a minute. But, I mean, if Riley Ridley can step up and fill that third receiver void, obviously Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney being one and two, if you could get something from Riley Ridley this year, that really solidifies a position. And I don't want to say the the hole that Anthony Miller left because Anthony Miller was a bum who basically didn't contribute that much, especially last year. Um, but if Riley Ridley steps up, I mean, that takes off the pressure for a lot of guys. It it allows you to feel more comfortable about what you do with Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet because you can let right. them kind of do the things you've drawn up. You don't need to shove them into that third receiver role. Uh, and, and they might end up being that third receiver or even the second receiver anyway, just based on pure talent alone and game planning and how things shake out. But to have that other wide receiver on the depth chart who you could say, okay, this guy we can maybe be – our WR three, as opposed to Demir Bird or Marquise Goodwin, a Goodwin who's hurt right now with a foot injury. Uh, he popped up today or yesterday on the injury list. One of the two, I don't remember exactly off the top of my head, but I mean, that's incredibly helpful and he's still on a rookie deal, a, a draft pick. And that gives you something to kind of lean on and be like, all right, this, this helps shore things up a little bit. And maybe it is just the Justin Fields effect, but Hey, I mean, we know we're going to see Justin Fields at some point. So if you know, he's going to look to Riley Ridley with confidence, I and mean, more power to you. Well, maybe it is the Justin Fields effect, but maybe that's important. I mean, maybe that's the key to him. I mean, that is the key to him having success in training camp. But like, as, as far as the future of his career, like you are going to build, if you want to stay in Chicago, rather really, and you're going to be here for the next, you know, I don't know, two years or, or three years or whatever. And maybe they resign you after they, they pick up the option, fifth year option after the rookie contract. I don't know if you're going to be here in the next coming years. It's because you're going to have a connection with Mitchell Trubisky. So the art, <laughs> I did not just say that. Wow. I did not just say that. I, wow. You know what? Listen, listen. So the reason of why I said people, that. For you to slip up with that, of I all know. people. 
the Justin Fields. Stand. I was about to make who carries the, the was, man who carries the oh crown, God. the banner of Justin Fields, Kevin Lafka, to slip up again. We'll allow it because oh, you man. were the Mitch Trubisky defender for well, a long no, time. No, no, so no. We'll allow it. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. was, I was, I was. But, but, but the reason why I slipped up, I, I apologize. But the reason why I slipped up is because I was going to make the comparison to Mitch Trubisky and Anthony Miller and the connection that they had. And and the reason why it's important for Riley Ridley is because if you are building, like, it's lucky right now. He's with the twos. Justin Fields is with the twos. So, all right, both players with the twos. They'd both love to be with the ones. Or, you know, Riley Ridley would love to be with the ones. Justin Fields would love to be with the ones. But now that they're both with the twos, they're building a connection with each other. And the stronger that connection gets, the stronger, you know, that's that's extremely important. Because now, if Justin Fields becomes with the ones, and then Riley Ridley starts to get in the mix there, you have a connection there between those two guys. So, for the franchise quarterback of the Bears to start building a connection with Riley Ridley, I think that's the most important thing you saw because there was no connection between Ridley and Trubisky in the past. There was no connection. Um, but there was that connection between, say, Trubisky and Miller. You know what I mean? And those two guys, although Miller wasn't that good, they kept it around and they had confidence in each other because, you know, they they had a connection since the time that they were drafted. So um, I just, I think, I think this is really important. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say Riley Ridley is going to get 500 yards, but you don't, you don't, I mean, you don't need that. You don't need that. You need him to be productive. You need to be active on Sundays. All right. You need to be active. You need to make the roster. Let's start there. You need to make the roster. <laughs> See the field. Yeah. Be See active on game days. That's, um, but this is, you know, we're going to get to the preseason game preview later. This is, this is his opportunity to show up. I mean, he's done it in game action before against the Vikings in 2019. He had a final game, the final, the first time he actually got reps, but you know, you see it in practice now. We got to see it in the preseason game, and they're gonna. There's gonna be time for both of them to get it. But you mentioned Marquise Goodwin. That is a player who looks really, really good. It's just the thing about Marquise Goodwin is he's not really. I don't think like a like he, he won't be solidified as the wide receiver three because he just doesn't play that role. He's such a versatile player that he's not going to be a consistent target for you at that wide receiver three um, position. He's just going to be a guy you're going to throw in. Let's do an end around. Let's take a deep route. We're going to take a shot route. He'll be on the field a lot. But if you're looking for a solid, you know, receiver who's going to catch the ball consistently for you, especially on late downs, Riley Ridley has an opportunity now to take that role. And to me, I don't, I, I, I Javon Wims has looked fine, I guess, but I don't have any, I, like, I'm not going to favor Javon Wims for any reason right now over Riley Ridley, even though Riley Ridley's played significantly less snaps than Javon Wims has. In his career, well, you, you just don't want to be a Javon Wims guy because he's has a connection with Andy Dalton so far. No, 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 no. You don't want Andy Dalton no, to have more. Yeah, that's that's no, your. Old, no. I see right through you, Kevin Lapka. Okay, okay. No, none of that. None, maybe you're right. Maybe a little bit. All right. Maybe a little bit. You cracked my code. You got me. But do you really want us like at this point? Do you, like Javon Wims or if you had to pick right now. One player is going to get cut. It's either Javon Williams or Riley Ridley. I don't know if that's a realistic scenario yet. Um, it may be down the road once cuts come around. Who are you taking? I mean, honestly, as of August 10th, who are you taking? Like, oh, I mean, it's, I mean, exactly. it's Riley Ridley. I, exactly. I, I was surprised. I, I said this before. I was surprised Javon Wims' key card to the building worked after the Saints game. So, yeah, I mean, it's obviously Ridley. He's younger. He was a higher draft pick. Um, you know, that obviously you're taking him. Speaking of people making the roster, I mean, Jesse James is going to make the roster at this point, right? <laughs> I mean, he, I, I guess. I mean, look, the Bears love their tight ends. They love their tight ends. <clears throat> They'll keep 10 of them if they have to. How many did we have last year? I mean, it was it was it was hilarious how many we had last year or two years ago. The year that we had Horstead, Broniker, uh, we had Jakey Holtz. Holtz. Uh, there was one year. I don't know if it was last year or the year before that we had about eight tight ends. But I, I, I mean, the thing again, 
think when you go into the cut time, when the coaches are talking with each other, you know, what's important is the relationship they have with the quarterback. Justin Fields has a good relationship with Jesse James. I, I, I think at this given moment, you know, I have no reason. I have no reason not to believe he makes the roster. But how good of a blocking tight end is he? That's what we have to find out because J.P. Holtz, I mean, how many will they carry? Four? Four tight ends probably? I would say Matt, four, yeah. Graham? Gen- that's the general standard. Holtz James? Kmet Graham Holtz James? I mean, I'm, I'm fine with that. I got no problems with that. So I, I think I think he'll he'll probably make the roster at this very moment. Yeah, more than likely. Um, all right, let's talk about, you mentioned it. Let's start talking about the preseason and this game that happens in a few days because I don't know. You know we've, ta- we've seen this in the last couple of years. Matt Nagy says, all right, we're not going to start this. We're not going to play the starters. You know, even a lot of the twos aren't going to get a lot of work. We don't want to risk injuries. And he's come under criticism for that because of how the team has come out and the season openers and then for the next few weeks. And, uh, you know, he's walked that back now. We're going to see some of these guys uh, starting on Saturday against the Dolphins. Here's the thing. As highly as you drafted Justin Fields, and this is going to be the top thing that people talk about, as highly as you drafted him and as much stock as you put into him, usually, you know, you see the starters for a little bit, see them for a first couple drives, you see them maybe for a quarter. And the thing is, this this preseason's three games, so it's going to be wonky. I mean, Kevin, what do you think? How do you think Matt Nagy is approaching this situation with the preseason as far as how much the starters are going to play, how much Justin Fields and some of the twos are going to play, and how this all shakes out? What are you thinking? What are you expecting going into this game against the Dolphins Saturday? So I think because it's three preseason games, it shakes everything up, like you said. So I think it's going to be pretty even between games one and three. I think it's going to be a light load. For the starters, I'm thinking one drive. One drive for Andy Dalton and the ones at this very moment. And then you're going to get, I think, three to four. Three to four drives of Justin Fields here and and see what he has. But it depends on the performance of Justin Fields. Meaning, if he goes out there, drive one, goes 80 yards down the field, touchdown, boom. They have all the tape they need, everything, you know, sit him on the bench. You know, Nick Foles, go in for the rest of the three and a half quarters. You know, get in there. Because... You just want to see what you have, uh, Justin Fields. You want some tape that you can look at after the game, see what you saw uh, in front of you. Um, so I don't think I think it's going to depend on how well he plays. But look for one week or one one series, sorry, of Andy Dalton, three to four for Justin Fields, and I think that's the same for for uh, preseason game three because typically what you saw when there were four preseason games was nobody would play preseason game four because that was the one right before the season. And it would be kind of the same thing like I'm just talking about for preseason game one would be you might see one series from the starters and then a few from the twos and then the rest are going to be threes, fours. Um, so again, it, it depends, but I think it's different because <clears throat> Andy Dalton or, or Matt Nagy rather said starters are going to play, which as Jake mentioned has been different in the past. So what's more interesting now as it pertains to the current situation is you're going to see both quarterbacks right now. You're going to see Andy Dalton and Justin Fields on the field, on the same field, on the same day, um, which if Matt Nagy had approached this preseason with the same mindset as years past, saying we're not going to start the starters, you wouldn't have seen Andy Dalton at all. And you would have only seen Justin Fields. So I think it makes it a little more interesting now that you're going to see both quarterbacks. And this is, Jake, Like I hate to bring it back to this, but this is where you're going to start to see you know, one player might might look a lot better and the rumblings are going to continue. But what are your kind of expectations there for series start snaps? Uh, you know, how much does Justin Fields get? Because I think three to four is a safe amount. But do you think that's less or more? I think in general, 
it's just going to be interesting because this three game. Let's let's just assume no starters and none of the key backups play in the last game. So oh, I okay. think I, I'm just assuming that that might be a bold assumption to make, but I just think it's safe to assume you're not going to see this because it's the same situation. It's right before the season. And if the Bears continue to have the injury issues that they've been having, you can't risk any other guys going down. So I think that third game, you're not going to see anybody. Wow, but, really? Okay. I mean, I, I, I could be wrong. I, I could be completely – because, again, we've never seen Matt Nagy go into a preseason operating with his full roster. So it's yeah, going to be true. an interesting situation in that – He's changing his whole game plan from what we usually see. I mean, usually preseason past, it'd be Tyler Bray time. And now it's like, all right, well, we're going to see the very, very hyped rookie who everyone's coming in to see. And we're also going to see some of the starters because they got to get this work in and they got to get these reps. So generally in the past, I probably would have said one series for Dalton. I think he might get two. I could see two and then fields for three to four, like you said, yeah. four to five, and then foals for the entire second half, I would assume. And obviously, obviously game flow and the situation of the game might, you know, as far as how much they're running, how much they're throwing, what the defense, you know, takeaways, things like that might change how that goes. But I think you're going to see a decent amount of these guys because it's that first game action and you're probably going to see a lot of them in game two and then that's it. So it's kind of like they kind of have to expedite the process here of, you know, usually they kind of slowly bring them in and those second and third games would be it. But now it's you cut that one game off. So you kind of have to push things along a little bit faster than you want. And it's, you know, it's a home game, quote unquote, too here. So, you know, you want to placate the fans a little bit, you know, give the paying fans what what they want to see, which is why <laughs> I mean, you're going to see Justin Fields and stuff, but it's a very interesting situation. I mean, we don't, we're going to see a new side of Matt Nagy and we're, I think we're going to get a glimpse of, of how this season is going to go. Maybe what he's thinking personnel wise, maybe what he's thinking That's game true. plan wise, uh, because we're going to see the starters and we're going to see Andy Dalton go out there with, with the offensive line, that linemen that are still standing and David Montgomery and now and these guys and the, I think we're going to get a nice little feel for the game plan and how they plan to attack this season from an off season, uh, offensive standpoint. Right, and you never want to reveal too much in the preseason. You don't want to give right. away your, you know, all of your tricks, and he won't do that. But I think you're not going to see what we've seen in years past, which is run, run on first down, on second down, and pass on third down, three and out, punt it away. You know what I mean? I mean, that's typically what you saw in the past, not only because you didn't want to you know, do too much during the preseason, but I don't think that Nagy had a whole lot of confidence in his quarterback to do anything less than that, uh, to do anything more than that, rather. You know what I mean? Like he didn't, he, because the one thing you don't want to do as a coach to a player in the preseason in games that don't matter is diminish their confidence. And Mitch Trubisky at the time, uh, in, in those you know first few years, was a player who, you know, once he made a mistake, it was hard for him to come back from those mistakes. But now you look at a player like Justin Fields in his collegiate career, very rarely made two mistakes in a row. I mean, if he threw an interception, totally fine. He would come back, throw an 80-yard bomb to Chris Olave on the next play. Like, he he bounces back from turnovers extremely well. So, I think Matt Nagy's approaching this like, look, we can have Justin throw the ball around a little bit. We don't have to play this so conservatively and have him throw short five-yard out routes to Allen Robinson and Riley Ridley every time. We could take some deep shots. We could see what we have here because we know if he makes a mistake, if he does throw uh, a... Sorry. If he does commit a turnover... It's not it's not the end of the world. He's going to you know, sit down on the bench. He's going to come back the next drive and he's going to succeed. He's going to shake it off because he's a professional and he is, you know, a hard nosed competitor in that regard. So 
I think you're going to see, like, this is going to be exciting for Bears fans. This is going to be previous preseason games where it's a snooze fest because it's Ryan all running the ball 80 times a game. And it's, you know, you're not <laughs> seeing anything. You're not, you're not seeing anything at all. You're going to start to get a glimpse of what this offense could be. Because, Jake, that's the other thing, too, that I, I haven't even thought about is, like, yeah, I, this might, like, I don't know. We might see something completely different from Matt Nagy this year. Like, he has a toy right now. He just got a brand new toy, and nobody knows how in the world he is going to use this toy because it's nothing like it's like no toy he's ever seen before. You know what I mean? He drafted, he helped draft Patrick Mahomes, but he did not use Patrick Mahomes at all. That year, that final year at Kansas City, after he drafted Mahomes, Mahomes was on the bench all year. So he didn't even get a chance to use his little toy and Patrick Mahomes other than week 17 back in 2017. So now we have he has his little toy. I, I, I think you're going to start to see different things on the offensive side, different sorts of play designs, different sorts of things that we haven't seen in the past, and it's going to be exciting. So um, if you're going to the game, I'm sure some listeners who are listening, going to the game, you know, take some videos, but be be in for uh, for something a little bit more exciting than what we've seen in years past. That's my prediction. I think that's an important thing. I think people who go to this game and who watch this game, I think they're going to be coming away uh, there's going to be stuff to talk about for sure. Yeah. As far as the gameplay, oh my God, we we've only seen flashes of this with Santa's sleigh and, the, and these play calls. Wow, <laughs> like this is so much more open. Like, you know, right. it, it, we, we, granted, you're going to get a full second half of all the Nick Foles you can handle. But I think in those first couple drives where we do see Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, I think you're we're going to be saying, all right, wow, this is. You know, there, there's some actual offense here. There's actually yeah. some some potential here that for us to see some exciting plays and some things that you know that will make you go wow, and you can score in a game and be be competitive in the game. I, I think it is really an important part of this, and I, it's really exciting too because I, I think I think Matt Nagy's ready to do that too after the last two years of having to play safe, 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 run, 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 run you know, and kind of play keep away. Uh, more than anything and sometimes you didn't know if that was keeping away from offensive opposing uh, offenses or your own offense and it was kind of hard to tell but right um no i i think i think we're in for a, a treat if you will for this first upcoming preseason game but that being said let's talk about some guys we expect to break out this preseason and who've been performing in camp and kevin we each have a couple guys that we like and that who we think are going to continue breaking out if they've already started or who will break out and be contributors for this upcoming regular season. And who are you looking to see contribute or break out in this preseason? So I'm going to start with Dion Bush. I mean, this is a player who we had Josh Woods on the show. We had Clifton Duck on the show. Both of them said very good things about Dion Bush. And I think it was Clifton Duck who said this is a player who he thought was going to be one of the top performers on the Bears in the coming years because of his work ethic. It's just the problem is he hasn't really had the opportunities, right? You know, it, it's been HaHa Clinton Dix. It's been Deshaun Gibson filling in that strong safety role. And Deion Bush hasn't really had the time to get in there other than one of those players went down. But when one of those players did go down, Deion Bush has fit in quite well. And he's a player who has developed, you know, increasingly uh, since his time here in Chicago. And apparently he looks really good in camp. So the reason why, you know, everyone's going to kind of think of that pick like, oh, that's just kind of a May pick. Like, it's Deion Bush, what are you talking about? Well, <clears throat> guys may go down. Guys go down every year. And, you know, you can, if you bring in a dime set, you bring in a nickel set, maybe Dion Bush can be a guy who comes in as a as a nickel defender there. I don't know. Um, it depends on what Sean Desai wants to do with him. But 
Dion Bush is a player that you should not sleep on because he's talented. And when he comes in the game, he has a knack for the football. And there's one thing that this defense needs to do this year to return a top five form. It's get takeaways. Dion Bush may be a player who can help you get there. I'm not going to choose somebody. Typical, I'm going a little bit deeper. Dion Bush is my first one, but who do you got? Uh, all right, so one of my first ones is going to be someone who is going into their second year. I'm going to pick Cole Komet here, okay. a guy who started flashing at the end of the last year, a guy who kind of started started his rookie season very slow, wasn't really in the game plan that much, slowly started to pick it up, started to kind of work his way into the game plan, see more receptions, see more targets, and he did a lot with them. And Mitch Trubisky seemed to trust him, and he did a lot with a little – Cole Komet did. So now yep. you have Andy Dalton and Justin Fields in the building. Uh, he went to tight end you with George Kittle and all those guys. And, <laughs> you know, that's something that you love to see because they's quite literally learning from the best. And he looks like an absolute monster physically. So I love Cole Komet this year. I think we're going to see big things from him. He was your top draft pick uh, and not this one, but the previous one. So Cole Komet, I'm expecting big things from him. And I think he continues to kind of work his way into the upper echelon of tight ends. Yes, I love that pick. I love Cole Komet. Um, I, I like that one. Let's go. I've got another one. I've got uh, Kendall Vildor. Kendall Vildor is a player who has looked really good in camp, and he's a player who's going to need to look good in camp because they need to fill some of those holes there at CB3. Um, and even the depth down the roster, you look at Thomas Graham, a guy who's a rookie who I think think still might need some time. We projected him to be CB3, I think. Kendall Vildor right now is slotted in there. Um, but you know, this is where when we talk about the preseason preview, these guys need to make plays in the preseason. You know, practice is, is fine. Once you're going against a game opponent, and I know it's just the preseason, it still matters, and that's how coaches evaluate who gets cut, who makes the roster, who becomes a starter. Kendall Vildor is a player, a late-round pick, who has looked to develop pretty well, and, you know, his, his forte right now looks to be tackling. Uh, he, he has a knack for the football, but his tackling is really, really good, and we saw that on display last year. He had some very, very good open-field tackles. I'm trying to remember a few of them. I think he had one against the Packers, um, and I think he's a player that you're going to see in this preseason game get a lot of time. He's a player who is probably regarded as, you know, a two at the moment, maybe, maybe in the ones category. But even if you are in the ones category, you'll see some crossover. It's not as black and white as, oh, these are the ones. They're only going to play one series. It's those players who are on the bubble who you'll start to see play more series because although they're considered as a one, there's still flexibility. There's still guys who could move up into that spot. So I think you'll see Kendall Vilder play a very, very good amount in this game. And he is he he's one of the quarterbacks to keep an eye on cornerbacks to keep an eye on because he has talent he has a knack for the football and this is an opportunity for him to make a play in the preseason so Kendall Vildor is my second guy there uh yeah uh, just a quick note on Vildor I mean we've heard good things about him so far we've heard that you know and obviously he played last year and he got a shot at and then in camp this year he said you know, I got my chance last year and I, I, there were some things I did well, some things I could have done better. And I've worked on those and I'm looking forward to this year. So obviously he has that hunger that you like to see and he has the experience, albeit a little bit of it from last year. Um, I mean, from what I've read, he's in a battle, quote unquote, with Desmond Trufant for the second cornerback spot. So I don't know. Maybe oh, that, really? that, that's how it'll shake. That's I mean, that's just one of the things I, I, I've read that it is a battle, quote unquote. But I think the edge probably goes to Trufant and then you give Vilder the slot. But who knows? Um, because, I mean, you have Shelly there to do the slot as well. And he's Duke Shelly's handled that slot corner role before. So that's true. I don't know. I mean, obviously, we can't get inside their heads and we don't know what they're thinking as far as that. But 
I mean, Kendall Vildor, yeah, he's flashed potential, and he's obviously younger than Desmond Trufant. He's been your own draft pick, so rookie deal, which is obviously always important, especially for a team like the Bears, who's cap-strapped a little bit, especially this year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Kendall Vildor's a good one, and I like the potential there for sure, especially after we saw a little bit of him last year. Uh, my second one, I'm going to steal from you. I'm going to go Damian Williams. Woo! was out last year. We missed him go. last year. And I, I say we, I just mean like he was out of football last year. He opted out of the season, COVID and all that, obviously. And now he's back. And, you know, we've talked about this before. The way that Damian Williams could come in and, and truly tie this running backs room together, uh, the potential there is really, really important to the Bears this year because, yeah, we expect Dave Montgomery to continue climbing the ranks of running backs and continue to kind of establish himself as an upper tier and above average running back, but you can't burn them out. And, you know, Tariq Cohen still on the pup list, isn't exactly practicing yet. You don't know what you're going to be able to get out of him. Cordero Patterson, you can't have those runs from him. You know, obviously he's not on the team anymore, but those situations last year where you saw Cordero Patterson come in third and one or even third and like four or five, and those runs went nowhere. Now having Damian Williams, a guy who was a very key part of a Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl a couple years ago, and a true running back who can catch the ball a little bit. He's a true runner. um, is very, very important. And so people, I think, forget about him a little bit because he wasn't in the league last year with that opt-out. But I think that, you know, come the end of the preseason and maybe even come the end of week one against the Rams, you're going to say, hey, Damian Williams, you know, that's a guy who can really pull this offense together because when David Montgomery needs a breath of fresh air and needs a, a little bit on the sidelines to recoup, you, you're not doom and gloom. Oh God, there goes a running game because Cordero Patterson or Ryan Nall is in and they can't, they're barely running backs. I'm angry. I'm angry. You took my pick because I freaking love it. Uh, and the thing is too, is Tariq Cohen's been in shorts all pre or all, all training camp. You know what I mean? Like Damian Williams right now, the season started today would be see, would be running back too. I mean, honestly, he would be. And honestly, I like I see Damian Williams having the potential to have the same, if not more, production as Tariq Cohen this year. Like I, people may think that's a crazy take, but it shouldn't be because he's a great receiving back, just like Tariq Cohen. He's probably a better, he's probably a better just pure runner, honestly. Like Tariq Cohen is a versatile running back who can do a lot of different things and bounce to the outside and break tackles, and and he's shifty as hell. But as a pure running back. Damian Williams might be better. It's just Tariq Cohen has a little bit more to his arsenal, I guess is what you could say. <clears throat> but uh, I the thing is, too, I, 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 dude, how, I, how much of that is true coming off a torn ACL, though? I know, but I look, I, yes, that's up in the air. But as a pure runner, just as a pure running back who can run through the tackles, you know, what he can do at each at each uh, level, sure. you know, I, I, I think, I don't know. I, I'm not saying he is. I think, I'm saying it's possible. I'm saying it's possible. Okay. Um, but as we go into preseason game one here, you know, it's not just going to be, you know, oh, Damian Williams and Montgomery switching time for the first two series. It's probably going to be Dave Montgomery um, for the first series, gone. And then you're going to see Damian Williams probably for four or five series as RB1. So you'll see him as RB1 probably for a majority of the time that Justin Fields is in there. That's a ma- that, that's what I'm imagining. But you do also have to remember that this is a, a team with a whole lot of running back depth. So Artavis Pierce is going to have to get time. Ryan Nall is going to have to get time. You know what I mean? These guys, are, uh, Khalil Herbert's going to have to get time. So you're going to have to see a lot of different running backs uh, slide in there. But I, I freaking love the Damian Williams pick because, you know, our guy Nicholas Moriano from the Chicago Audible doing great work sent us a list of his top five uh, performance at Bears Camp, and Damian Williams was on that list. Also on that list was Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, of course, but Alec Ogletree as well. And I want to tell a quick story that he said 
uh, at press conference today. So Alec Ogletree, you know, he he worked out with the Bears, I think in like May or something. Nothing really came of. He worked out with them. Nothing, you know, wasn't signed at the time. And then, you know, no contact between the two teams really for a while. And then, as you know, Robert Quinn, his sister Jasmine Kamatri Quinn, uh, was in the Olympics running. I think what was it, the four hundred meter hurdles or something? And she ended up something winning like gold. That, yeah. uh, I think broke the world record in one of the heats. But Alec Ogletree is a good friend of Robert Quinn. So he came to Chicago to watch Jasmine Camacho Quinn win her gold medal with Robert Quinn. They want to watch it together. And while he was in Chicago, he was able to chat with some of the coaches there. And then the Bears decided to sign him because he was there. So if it weren't for Robert Quinn's sister, you know, ha- you know, racing in the Olympics and the 400-meter hurdles, winning the gold medal, and-, and Alec Ogletree coming to Robert Quinn, he wouldn't be a Bear. And now he has six interceptions in four days at training camp. Five pre- yep. six interceptions in five days. So that is just, I mean, if Alec Ogletree becomes a legitimate starter, not maybe not legitimate starter because Dan Trevathan should still be the starter unless he goes down with an injury, legitimate role player, uh, a backup here in the in the 2021-2022 season, like that is one hell of a story, is it not? I mean, that's crazy that it was just that little moment, him coming to meet with Robert Quinn to watch his sister and then him getting signed because of that, that's that's wild. That's a wild, crazy story that will be told for a long time if he becomes a role player with the Bears. Yeah, right place, right time. <laughs> hey, that's all, that's all it takes sometimes. Sometimes better to be lucky than to be good. Right, that's exactly. And the Alec, Ogle, Alec Ogletree, I mean, it's always good to have actual NFL depth right. uh, in, in the room because he obviously he's a former first-round pick and has played and started in the NFL. So that's big in, in the event that there is injuries or somebody's ineffective. So, yeah, that's big. I mean, it's interesting, and as we're wrapping up, it's fun to be excited about a preseason because usually I don't care about the preseason. I tune it out. It, I tune in for a couple plays from a player to watch or something like that. But, I mean, I'll actually be watching this game now for all the – I mean, not just for Justin Fields and seeing him, but also for – this the aforementioned, you know, the game planning and what we're going to see from this offense. If Nagy's going to give us any sneak peeks at this offense, I can't remember the last time. I don't think I've ever been. Uh, maybe, maybe when Mitch Trubisky was drafted, I was waiting. That was the last time I was like excited for a preseason game. Yeah, no, no, you're right. I mean, honestly, because I think part of it too is like, you know, it, it, well, it's weird. It, this I, does that speak to the depth of the team, honestly? Because like, or at least not the depth, but the excitement of some of the players down the roster. Like, you know, Demir Burr is an exciting player. Marquise Goodwin is an exciting player. You have younger players who were drafted in late rounds who have something to show. You have, you know, although it's Nick Foles, like, it's Nick Foles, a guy who won a Super Bowl who's going to be playing for three quarters in a preseason game. Like, that's better than watching Tyler Bray or or Matt Barkley or who are <laughs> who are some other guys that we, you know, the previous, you know, QB threes. Um, David Fales. I mean, <laughs> the list goes on. And, and quite frankly, Jake, I mean, I, I think the Bears should go 3-0 and in the preseason. I mean, tell me another roster that has the, a, a better QB room of three guys. You have a Super Bowl champion at your, at your you know, third string. You got, I'm, I'm, I guess, Justin Fields, the second string right now. You've got a budding superstar, Justin Fields, at, at QB2. And then you got Andy Dalton, the guy who's been in the league for a long time, won a lot of football games at QB1. They should go 3-0 and because... They have a Super Bowl champion playing for a guy who played six games in the NFL last year, or seven, eight, I don't know how many he played, you know, playing for three quarters. This should be the best preseason team of all time, all right? Best preseason team of all well, time. Let's, not get, let's not get ahead of ourselves. No, let's not get ahead of ourselves. No, we're getting ahead of ourselves because 
this is what we do. We we make bold <laughs> predictions, and they're the greatest preseason team of all time. I say it now. All right. All right, Bears 3-0 and preseason. Perfect momentum going into the season. Exactly. Our next episode will come after that game. We'll break down what we saw, what we didn't see, what we wish we saw. Everything that you could want from a preseason breakdown, we will absolutely give that to you and more. That'll come Saturday or Sunday over the weekend, and it'll be ready for you. It's whenever you're ready. Even if you're not ready till Monday for your morning commute, we'll be there. It'll be ready for you because that's what we do. We show up for you. We show up for you guys constantly, no matter what. So that's what you should be on the look for. Look out. That's what you should be on the lookout for in the next few days after this bear season officially gets kicked off with official NFL endorsed game action. I'm excited, Kevin. I'm excited too. Let's get after it. Bears, Dolphins, preseason game one Saturday. Um, Let's go, man. Let's go. All right. We will see you all then after that preseason game so we can break it down with you and you can listen and totally agree with all of our totally correct takes and as always let's get the season started bear down bear down